Rusty Quill presents. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs. United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Minerva's Home Dentistry Solutions. Beyond the age of bloodletting but trapped in your tenement? Feel in the pits due to your neglected pearly whites. Minerva's Home Dentistry Solutions gives you the tools and the confidence to attack those conflicts of calcium. With a little elbow grease and the right leverage, Minerva's Home Dentistry Kit Solution will have those bad biters out in a jiffy. Good for the little tykes and grandpa as well. It'll have the whole clan yelling, is it safe? Minerva's Home Dentistry Solutions. Save your regrets for tomorrow. Memories of childhood. 
Did they stay a fragment forever? Gone away in those little hands we can no longer touch. Are we always their protector? It hadn't taken much for Viola to find out the location of the old madhouse, Ludlow. She'd used her newly installed telephone to contact her friends on the medical boards, and they had the old address. Took a bit of arm twisting to admit it, but the condemned madhouse had never been demolished as was the plan, and whatever was still standing out there should have been condemned and chained off. Viola had Pumble chauffeur her new Desmond's motor car for the journey, and they'd been traveling most of the day out of town where it was dusty and barren, and set into the base of a hillside, on the outskirts of a mining town, sat the imposing building, square, undecorated with blunt faces, and a few floors. Pumble stopped in front of the gates. Viola leaned her head out the window and looked up. There was smoke coming from the smokestack in the rear, and she saw a light in one of the windows. Doesn't look abandoned to me. The townie at the general store, when we stopped, mentioned something about the laundry still being operational. I suppose that's it. Should we come back in the daylight? I think there was a small inn. I could check on accommodations, madam, Humble suggested, nervous. Check the lock, she said. Humble hesitated. Madam, I think... Check the lock. I'm not leaving until I get some answers, she said. Viola had brought some sketches of her sister and her birth records, hoping something would jar loose here. Pumble got out of the motor car and tried the big padlock on the rusty chain across the gate. He rattled it, but it was locked. Locked, madam. Bust it with that rock, Pumble. Must I do everything? She demanded, not budging from the car. Pumble heaved a large rock a few times at the lock. The final one broke the link on the rusty chain and it fell. He pulled the gates open and then got back into the car and drove inside to the main doors. Brittle Teeth watched from a window, holding a solitary candle. She watched as Pumble exited the car, opened the door for Viola, and they both stood outside looking up at the building. Pumble, get my things, she said. Pumble opened up the car boot and pulled out a bag. Did you pack a torch? she asked. No need, Brittle Teeth called out over the courtyard, holding a candle. May I be of service? Yes, Viola said. I am Madam Viola Walker. This is my manservant, Pumble. We came to look for some records of a relative of mine. We didn't mean to come by so late, but it's been a long journey and we really need some answers, she said. I'm the caretaker here, Miss Brianna, and my groundskeeper, Colson, is behind me in the dark. He's a bit shy. You'll have to forgive us. We don't get any visitors out here. Usually the gate is locked. Forgive the smoke. We have a small coal fire in the back to keep the boilers warm at night. And for the steam washers, he said. He motioned for them to come inside. Pumble carried the flashlight and bag. Brittle teeth led them into the darkened building. Whole finger standing just out of sight ducking his head as Viola and Pumble passed. She led them to an office, where she sat them across from her desk. She lit the lamp and sat across from them. Brittleteeth called out into the hall for Colson to bring some tea. Now, she said, 
What can I do for you? Viola was singularly focused, not really looking at her environment at all. She spread the porch of her sister on the desk as well as her birth records. Again, I'm sorry for the late hour, but really I think we can address this quickly and be on our way. I'm looking for my sister Vivian Voldat. The men at Needle Street said they had records that she was brought here instead of the convalescent spa my parents had told me she'd received treatment in. I wondered if you could check your records to see if you ever treated anyone by her name. If so, when she was recovered and released. Brittleteeth picked up the photographs, looked at them closely in the lamplight, and tried to stifle a chatter. Vivian Voldat. That name does not ring a bell, she said. Although I haven't heard of anyone that doesn't mean anything. I haven't been a caretaker forever. Let me go to our archives and see if we have a patient record by that name. Will you wait here just a moment? Brittle Teeth stood up and walked into the hall. She whispered something to Colson, who brought the tea and set it on the desk. I thought Ludlow was closed, said Pumble. Colefinger looked at him with a shrug. Laundry for the locals, he said. Just us. He mumbled as he limped out of the room. As soon as he was out of sight, Viola changed demeanor immediately. She pursed her lips. I don't trust them, Pumble. Something is fishy here. I don't know what it is yet, but I want to find out. She pointed to the door across the hall. See that trash chute there? I want you to go and sneak around and find out what you can. Take the flashlight and see if you can find the records room and find out anything you can about my sister. Pumble was shocked. The what? Trash chute, Pumble. Now. Find out whatever you can. Madam, what am I going to find out? The nice lady will be back in a moment with the records, and I couldn't fit in there if I wanted to. Pumble, I'm not going to argue with you. Madam, Get down that chute and see what you can, can find. find. Skip around, find, find anything that you can. What are, it's dark, I swear, it's I will skin you and put you in front of the fire. Space. Pumble, get into the chute. Pumble whimpered and stood up. He checked the flashlight once to see if it worked. I'll tell them you went back to the car to wait. Meet me outside the main gate as soon as you find anything. Pumble checked down the hall left and right, poked one toe out, and then stepped lightly across the hall. He slipped open the trash chute, took one look back at Viola, gulped, and went down headfirst with a flashlight to guide him. He slid down partway between floors, and then with a thunk, got jammed up right at his elbows. Gah! He exclaimed, unable to take a breath in the stench. It started to rip, but it made a creaking sound in the chute metal. Madam? Brittle Teeth came back with a small stack of old papers. Oh, where did your man run off to? She asked. Went back to the car, Viola said. I see. Well, it appears we do have something after all. I have an intake form for Vivian Voldat. She was a patient here many years ago. So young, too. Poor thing having to come all the way out here for treatment. Viola leaned forward for a look. Also, 
Seems she was discharged some time ago. She pointed to the paper. Not much after that. May I see those? Viola asked. I'm afraid I can't share the patient notes with you. Still confidential, I'm afraid. However, it does say here which room was hers. Would you like to see it? Maybe there's some clues as to where she went in there. Yes, of course, Viola said, eyeing the folder that Brittle Teeth tucked under her arm. She grabbed the candle and led Viola down the dark hallway, to the steps and deep into the basement. The palsy plagues my pulses. When I prig, your prigs are pullin'. Your culvers take or matchlers make your chant to clear or sullen. Maisie was trapped with two other little girls in the bowels of Ludlow. Ivy Anna had been there for two nights after Coldfinger stole her from her bedroom. Antigone was a shell of a girl who had lost her tooth taken from her, and now it was Maisie that Coldfinger came for. While Madame Viola was headed to the basement and Pumble was trapped in the trash chute, Coldfinger snatched Maisie by the collar and dragged her down the long hall and into the laundry area. It smelled of lye and bleach and dung. Large soap vats bubbled as children stirred masses of cloth with wood panels. Long sheets as large as ship flags hung dyed to dry, dripping onto the floor. They walked over a metal gangplank over the vats, Coldfinger dragging a shovel pick with him, every child wincing as he limped by them. Some of them caught a sorrowful eye with Maisie as she was dragged further along. Into the furnace area where the pile of coal stacked high, and two children shoveled into a running furnace with blasts of heat from the door. Coldfinger stopped before a mass of convoluted iron pipes that came down from the ceiling and joined together at a small iron door that sat open. Coldfinger let go of Maisie and then dropped a wire brush next to her on the floor. Pipes are backed up, full of ash. Get in there and clean them out, he said as he pointed at the door. Maisie picked up the brush and looked at the door, spilling coal ash out onto the floor. She choked on the ash and dust of the room. It was the darkest thing she'd ever seen. She'd been trained to enjoy long times waiting in small spaces like under a couch or behind curtains to gather information for the department, but nothing like this. She looked at the convoluted piping going this way and that, the joints and the tiny pipes and thought she'd never get out. She'd get trapped and suffocate immediately. A sharp kick to the back sent her flying to her hands and knees in front of the pipes, with a brush skittering in front of her. Get brushing, Missy, Coldfinger threatened. Maisie picked up the brush and took a deep breath of choked air. Back in the room at Ludlow, Maisie was still coughing soot out of her lungs. She was coated in black from head to toe save her eyes and kept shaking out her hair, creating a pile on the floor. Ivy Anna helped her and wiped her face and fingers. Antigone had been unchained after her last tooth and was curled on the only cushion on the floor wrapped in a blanket. She held a small makeshift doll to her made from Ivy Anna's old sock. There was a rumbling of chains and commotion in the hallway. The door opened and a girl flung into the room and rolled to the wall. The door slammed shut and locked behind them. The girl stood up, brushed off her pink dress and flung herself back at the door. My dad is going to bury you in a salt mine, 
He's going to make a dozen little holes in you, and the salt crickets are going to burrow into each one until you beg to be killed. It was Temperance Fulcrum. Maisie was smug. You just couldn't help yourself, could you, Rennie? You couldn't let Ivy Anna be the only one with her special doll. So you went to Mr. Pedigree's shop and got one, and he gave you the special oleander, and Colefinger got you too. So, Temperance slept down with the two girls. Who's she? Antigone. She's hurt. Where the hell are we? We're in Ludlow, the real doll hospital. They steal kids and make them work in the laundry, or steal their bits to make dolls out of them. Okay. So none of that is happening with me. We need to get out of here, and we need to get to my father, and he's going to turn this place to a turgid hole in the ground and use that man's bones as a lamp. She looked at Maisie. Why are you still here? Aren't you supposed to be good at this stuff? Good at being kidnapped? No, escaping or sneaking around or whatever. I thought you curios were good at that. I need Mr. Fitz, she said. He helps me plan. You know, Maisie, you can just be smart. You don't have to pretend. You got Mr. Fitz when the adults were uncomfortable, when you got too smart. Smarter than them. Your doll was just an excuse, made you the creepy kid. The doll was the one feeding you the answers. It let them relax, so they could patronize you again. You don't need the doll, Maisie. You can just be smart. I need him. He helps me figure out the puzzles. Well, Temperance reached into the large sleeve of her dress and pulled Mr. Fitz, the doll, out of her sleeve. Your dumb doll was sitting on the table when we came in, so I swiped it. I did feel a little bad. It's the least I could do. Maisie was elated. She grabbed Mr. Fitz and then went to the door, asking him a flurry of questions. And then they started to formulate a plan. Why are adults such a mess, Tempered said. These jerks aren't scary. They will hear the screams of their mothers and their nightmares. You want to fear something, you freaks? She shouted out the door. The name Temperance Fulcrum will be etched on your graves. Charity Souter was being asked to cough as Edmund's mill physician examined her. He held his stethoscope to her back and she pushed out another cough. They were in her room at Mulberry. Her icky feeling had not left all day, and she was feeling shakier than before. She felt as if her bones were itchy and her skin was on edge with chills. To add to her nausea, the bones in the lobby had picked up the summer heat and had spread the smell of rot throughout the house. Although the house staff nor Edmund had said they could not smell anything at all. Your lungs seem fine. You don't seem to have a fever, Miss Souter. I can prescribe an analgesic for the aches in your finger, he said. Charity thanked him. Edmund met him in the hall. They discussed her diagnosis. Too many drinks and recovery were uttered. Edmund came in to see her. He lowered the light in the room to a weak gold. Charity covered her nose. She could swear she could see the funk emanating from downstairs. How are you feeling? he asked. Not well, Edmund. But nothing some rest won't cure, she said. Don't worry about Enoch. I'll see to him. Are you hungry? Some food? The thought of food disgusted her. Edmund, the display. 
Don't you think it's all too a bit much? Edmund shook his head. No, Charity. You know I want to make you happy, but this was important for me. Not to include the expense to get it here. Why, I'm the talk of Park Row again. Do you know how long it's been? The new contracts are worth their weight in gold. It's simply too powerful of a conversation piece, an important piece of art and history. It's not permanent, but it makes me not the laughingstock after that pond business. Enoch likes it. You should have seen him today down there. His hands against the glass just staring. I think it's doing him some good, probably helping him with his grief. If he... Yes, it seems to be doing him some good. Charity sat up, but still held the cloth to her face. Well, it isn't forever. And if it's that important to you, I'll stop my complaints, she said. Now help me up. Edmund took her hand and helped her to the edge of the bed. She set down one foot, then the other, went to stand, and her left ankle completely gave out with a snap as she collapsed to the floor, crying out in pain. Edmund pulled her up onto the bed and called for help. You're still too weak, Charity. You must get rest. Viola stepped carefully down the stairs deep into the basement of Ludlow. Brittleteeth led her with a solitary candle down the steps, her long keys hanging from her belt tinkling off each other as she walked. She used them to go through several heavy locked doors into a selection of rooms with no windows, just small slits in each of the heavy cells. Awful bleak down here, Viola commented. What is this area? Brittleteeth walked to the end of the hall. This was the wing for our most troubled patients, she said. She took her to a solitary door at the end of a long hall. She opened it with a key and slid the metal bar back and pulled the heavy door open to reveal a room more like a dungeon carved from cliff rock. There was a single stone bench carved at one end. The walls were etched with words and pictures and half-heartedly wallpapered with peeling yellow wallpaper that was rotted and damp and hung off the walls like sad moss. Sweet Vivian, no, Viola whispered. She took a few steps into the room. This cannot be. What kind of place is this? I'm sorry to say that for our most challenging patients, time as a place like this could be the best thing for them. A solitary quiet would help keep the anger and violent tremors at bay. I even come down here sometimes myself just to think. She lit a candle on the small wooden shelf. Viola looked closer at the writing etched into the stone from something sharp and forgotten. She ran her fingers over the words and the crude drawings, pulled back a section of the rotted wallpaper and felt it in her fingers. Were those teeth marks? What did she do? Viola was upset. Why was she put in a place like this? I can only guess, said Brittle Teeth. But most down here were violent. But Vivian probably resisted treatment. If the doctors kept trying and she was obstinate, they might have brought her down here to make her more pliable. The treatments were always the kindest, but they were effective. Did your family ever visit her out here? No, I didn't. I'm not sure if my parents did, Villa said. 
Based on this file, there were no visitor records. Abandoned out here by her family. Subjected to harsh treatments to fix what exactly? She had outbursts of moments of irrational rage. She was uncontrollable. Not fit for polite society. Viola grabbed for the folder, but Brittleteeth pulled it away. Let me show you one more thing. I think this might help you. She grabbed the candle. Viola took one more look at the room and folded the wallpaper into her hand. Pumble, trapped in a trash chute, up to his elbows, trying to shut his nose to the stink, wriggled free and shot down the rest of the chute and into the trash piles below. Stood up with the foul squish and used his flashlight to look around and out of the room. Large containers of powdered dye and paints. Another room of dipped doll heads sat on sticks with the parts hanging around. And into another room where there were simple sets of plans sketched out on paper. Several doll types, names and construction. And at the edge of the desk sat a small wooden cast with a tiny lock where the tap would have set. What secrets are Brittle Teeth trying to hide and what does Viola really remember? Will the girls escape or be forced to a life of labor in the laundry? Will Pumble find more secrets unlocked by instructions in a mysterious cask? Is it all in Charity's head, or is she seriously ill with a condition affecting her internal structure? Take the steps into the dark and unlock the door to the next episode of Celine.
Would you like a ticket to enjoy the revelry of Noon Night Affair? Our Patreon is a place where you can see all the sordid savagery and indecent decadence of the mysteries of our fair city. Want some answers for once? Solve the mysteries and share never-before-heard stories, music, and spectacle. Come be a part of Moonlight Affair, Silent Treatment, and Selene with the other spirits again and 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 again. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.